broadcasting on the BBC to all points unknown. If you're within the sound of my voice, you're listening to Welcome Home Podcast on the BBC. Hello and welcome home. Thank you for joining us on episode 51 of Welcome Home, a Disney Parks and Vacation Club podcast. I'm Tom. We've got Trevor. we got Damon. As some of our listeners have started calling us, I don't know if you guys saw this, but on Facebook and on uh, email, the three musketeers are back together. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like we should make that more Disney. I feel like like we should go like three caballeros or something, you know? But Yeah, let's keep musketeers want to be this one, but... Was well, it, was, happy arrows. Who do you want to be, though? I'd call Panchito. Panchito's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'd want to be Panchito. That would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, who who would you take, then? I don't know. Panchito's pretty cool. Well, you can't have him. Trevor spoke first. So now who are you? <laughs> well, I guess I'm Donald, then. All right. <laughs> okay. And then you get Jose. Uh, yeah. That's fine. I could be Jose. I'm good I like Jose. Donald's, man. Donald's, Donald's one of my favorite. I feel like he's a very underrated character in some ways. But Donald Duck? Yes. I feel like everyone talks, you know, everyone loves Mickey, everyone loves Minnie, but like Donald, I feel like it's a little overlooked sometimes. No, I think what happens is as you get a little bit older, he becomes less overlooked, right? I think Because he's maybe, more relevant. <laughs> yeah. I guess maybe he's more relevant. So I have two things before we even get started, though. Oh, okay. So so the first thing is, is that we just got back from Atlanta and um, I went to the Center for Puppetry. What is it actually called? The Center for Puppetry Arts, something along those lines, Atlanta, oh. which was awesome. I got to see... The Fraggles. I got to see Sprocket. I wow. Mean, how, how can you what? beat seeing Sprocket? I mean, that was awesome. I'm um, jealous. Yes, it was actually pretty <laughs> cool. There also was a lot of other Jim Henson stuff, um, you know, Kermit and, and all those guys as well. But the coolest part was is there was a special exhibition for the Dark Crystal. <gasps> yeah. You said the magic words. Yes, um, especially <laughs> since it's coming to Netflix, right? So I mean, yeah. it's, it's very interesting to see the Dark Crystal stuff. And it was... A phenomenal display. Uh, I mean, there was also some videos, which I'm sure are on the web somewhere as well, that they had playing. But to actually see those puppets in person and the amount of detail is unreal. I mean, you just can't until you witness it in person. It was absolutely amazing. I had a great time. What actually was very funny is there was obviously a huge Dark Crystal fan there because he went up to the one of the... Again, everything was behind um, plexiglass, obviously, right? So he went up to one of... um, I think he had uh, a couple of the characters tattooed, and he went up to each one and took his like sleeves off and took a picture with the actual character um, and his tattoo, which was kind of neat. But <laughs> it was absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing. So that, that was very interesting to go see. Th- that is super exciting to me because, honestly, Dark Crystal is like my favorite all-time movie, like hands down. So, And it was. It was absolutely <laughs> amazing to see... Like those, some of those puppets, like the amount of detail seeing them in person is just, like I said, it's it's a little bit awe-inspiring because, and and it's cool because they're obviously bigger than you think, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, they were, you, you know, all the you know different characters, uh, you know, they're they're all larger than you would envision them um, seeing them in person. It was it was cool, and they had a lot of the characters. They they had a lot. Um, but again, I also love Sprocket, right? Because who doesn't love the Fraggles? That was awesome to see Sprocket as well. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a very, very fun little uh, exhibition in Atlanta. And again, if you're there, it's worth seeing. I don't know how long the Dark Crystal will be there, but I know that they do have different things that come through there, and it was it was well worth it. I thought. Um, the second thing is because I had a lot of time to look at our reviews on iTunes. Coming back, <laughs> I, I was like, 
Wow. So, so the, again, I, wait, I guess wait, did you were looking at our reviews on, on iTunes. I was right. So I, I, I got to the one that I guess the one where we had talked about previously, where I don't know why I like you guys. I'm going to give you one star sort of thing. Right. The way I, where they don't like us. <laughs> oh, no, no, yeah. they, they like yeah. us, but they don't know why. And but so they again, gave us one star. Wait, they I thought they didn't star. like us, but they didn't know why. No, oh, I like it, but I don't know why. And it gave us one star. <laughs> it's um, called me arrogant. And, and oh. again, this is what I wanted to clear up. The word is opinionated that you were looking for. That's true. It's not <laughs> arrogant. It's Confident. opinionated. Um, <laughs> but again, I, I looked through. I looked through all of them. And I was a little disappointed because we we're at four point five stars, and I was like, you know, it sounded what? really good. And then I started looking at like other people, like our buddy Chad, who's at five stars. Right now, wow. I was a little jealous. So again, we we need some help there. We we need to at least bring us up to like four point seven five. What are they complaining about? Is I'm gonna guess because the shows are too long sometimes. No, no, no. We, we get none of those complaints. We get we get complaints about your laughter. We get complaints about my arrogance. We get complaints about Trevor sounding like he's in a tunnel. I mean, yeah. uh, they, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, those are those are the complaints that we ended up getting. Trevor so sounds like he's in a tunnel. That's yeah. amazing. Oh, and and the other ones are that we know nothing about DVC. How can okay, we obviously. even have a show about that? Obviously. Oh, so, there was I, one of those. Okay. That's yeah, cool. there was one of those, and and you know we shouldn't have to look things up, and we should just know everything. You know, again, we're not arrogant. The people that are telling us. We should know everything, though. They're not arrogant either, right? How so. can you know everything? You just can't know everything. I, I mean, I I've tried that once, and it gave me a headache. So <laughs> I yeah. just thought it was funny. We do appreciate all the, all the reviews, though. But I just found it a little humorous. And while I was searching through reviews, I realized that we do not come up for Disney Vacation Club. We do come up for DVC. We, we need to work on fixing that somehow. Right. Yeah. Um, and I also came across a couple podcasts I'd never heard before, which was interesting. And I listened to some of them. So oh. all was well. All was well. well. Look at that. There you go. Now you didn't listen started. to the Welcome Home podcast. No, I did not. I did not. I did not. <laughs> Please don't look that up, listeners. Just don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now everybody's going to do it because I said not to. But of course, of course. Yeah. So, <laughs> anybody have anything else we want to get into before we? Uh... <laughs> no, I, I I'm excited for all these emails that everyone sent us. I mean, that's. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we always ask for emails from you guys, and like, whoa, you blew up our email box and our Facebook the past two weeks. And I mean, I, I, I think it's awesome. I mean, I'm I'm just blown away by how many people have responded to us. Right? Like, it just going through it here. It's yeah. It's 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 always humbling. I guess it's oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we never get any of those mean uh, iTunes reviews in email, so. You know, no, no. I, I want to see some of those, you know, if you if you don't if instead of leaving us a negative review, just, you know, shoot us an email and we'll try to we'll try to be better before you leave us a bad. No, review. I won't. I won't. Sorry. <laughs> There's that arrogance. <laughs> <laughs> There's that arrogance already coming out. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So uh, who wants to do the first one here? I, I I could do it if nobody else wants to. Yeah, we'll, we'll Why don't you away. start and then we'll, right. we'll flip around. We'll, we'll filter through here. So. Um, Mike writes us, and Mike wrote a really, really long email, but he was nice enough to to sum it up for us. And this isn't really a question. He just wants to see what we think of the strategy that he came up with. And I never thought about doing this, and, and there is... I'm sure there I've are people about that do this, this a bunch of times. Oh, have you really? See, okay. So recently he had a situation fall into his lap. He wanted to share it with us as we might find it interesting or think he's insane, as he says. Um, he bought a triple point contract at Saratoga Springs at 150 points. So the points on the contract were 300, 150, 150, right? So um, he's got the 300 uh, this year, 150 next, 150 next, right? 
So by immediately renting out, he's immediately renting out 450 of the 600 points available on the contract. And basically by doing that is paying for about 40%. Uh, it's about 40% discount on the contract price. So then moving forward, he's going to take the income he receives from renting these points. He's only going to rent these points. Uh, and by renting the additional 150 points on the contract, it'll cover 70% of his annual dues on his other contracts, resulting in some big savings. The savings on annual dues each year will work out to having this contract fully paid uh, for itself in eight years. Love the show. Keep up the great work. I, you know, I would have never thought to do this, but it, I think it's, it's a brilliant smart. scheme. Yeah. See, again, I, I would agree. I've definitely thought about this, but there's there's something in me that just doesn't feel Disney about it, right? Like, I get it. Like, from a business standpoint, it, it is a smart, smart move. But renting out points, mm, I don't know how I feel about that in general, right? So it, it's tough for me. I won't want to comment any more than that. Again, like I said, I don't think it's, you know, a bad thing. It's just when I feel like I would do something like that, I, I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to do it. That's me personally. And I, I guess my only other thought on that is that, you know, good on you, Mike, for doing this. Um, it is an extra step that you have to manage, though as part of your contracts, right? Like, like to make sure that you're renting them out and that you're getting the money that you want out of it. Um, to me, but, but isn't it pretty easy these days with the, the, you know, renting points people? Well, they but should, should, I, I thought that my understanding with renting is that they tell you, you know, somebody wants to rent your points and then you go and you have to do the booking, but it's, it's like a one-time yeah, thing. Yeah. So you don't have to keep changing it, Yep. but you still have to go and, you have to kind of keep tabs on it. It's not, you know, like a set it and forget it kind of thing, right? I guess for me, it, it it's just an additional thing you have to do on top of everything else that you're doing. You know, booking your own trips is that you're booking these these rental points as well. So but then in eight years, I mean, he's going to be set. That's a lot of points. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's exactly it, right? Is you know, yeah, that this definitely is a smart way to get that initial cost out of the way, and then. Everything after that is basically free stays, right? <laughs> well, you also have, you got to have the willpower, as he said on here, to not use those points, right? So, because there's those are sitting there, and you're like, well, I could just do it one time, or you know, yeah, you got to have that willpower there, or else, or else you could be in trouble with that. But it, and he also he sent me a follow up email too, sent us a follow up email uh, saying that this the math only really works out if you can get a triple point contract, which is it, you can still do it with a double point, it's just not as good, obviously, but. Uh, you know, and those triple point contracts aren't exactly the easiest to find. So, well, it just and, takes a little bit longer. Yeah, Is that, exactly. Well, and yeah. I, I guess I guess if you're talking about paying it out front, right, right up, I guess that's where it's a little bit easier to have the triple points right outside of that, right? Because you can just pay. Yeah. You can say, hey, I don't, you know, I can boom take a loan or however you want to pay, and then that money's back in your bank rather than waiting an extra, you know, one or two years. Yeah. Yeah, all in all, I, I think a very sound move on Mike's part. It, it sounds like it's going to benefit him well. So, Yeah, I, I thought it was a neat idea. I, I guess I just never thought about doing it that way. As like, And I, for me, I would just worry that, that the rental market would somehow dry up, even though it probably won't. I mean, I it, from what I've seen, it seems like the rental companies are really, you know, looking a lot for points. So... It doesn't seem like it seems like they're in demand, uh, so I, I doubt that would dry up. But I guess at the end of the day, even if that strategy doesn't work, he's still got all these points that he can use now. So, yeah, because you know, Tom, you know, at, right after Star Wars opens up, nobody's going to want to rent points. 
Oh yeah, that's the I, yeah. You're totally right. <laughs> Everyone's gonna stay away from Disney after that. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. No one, no one will ever want to rent points for the next five years at least. I'm sure. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about the Star Wars thing because somebody commented on our Facebook. I'm listening to you guys right now talk about. There's no way that the park is that Star Wars is going to be open by like November. And that was look, a surprise. I'll be honest. Yeah, with you. yeah. We'll, ta- we'll, we'll talk about this later. More. Yeah, we'll yeah, we'll talk about this later. But I just I laughing when we're super wrong about stuff. It's the best. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, okay. You guys want to do the next one? Th- thanks sure. again, Mike, for writing in. We appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll take this next one. So, um, so Lori wrote us. She said, "Hi, Trevor, Tom, and Damon." Um, she put my name first, so that's important. I like that. Um, <laughs> that's why it you doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> first alphabetical order. That's yeah, all it is. Exactly. <laughs> um, my husband and I have been listening to your podcast since it first started, and we re- when we really love listening when we are between trips. And thank you so much. That's that means a lot to us that you guys have been with us for so long. Um, we live in Colorado and have been DVC members since 2014, and our home resort is Alani. Last time we were at WDW was 2016, and we tend to be rope dropping, go go go, ride max itinerary types. However, our daughter is now a teenager and would prefer to sleep in a bit. Also, we'd really like to adopt a bit of a slower pace, even though we don't get out to the parks annually. Um, she, she then goes on to ask, would you, would you go through your overall structure of your days at WDW? Like what time you're up and out of the room? Do you eat breakfast at a restaurant or in your room? What time do you get to the parks? Um, and do you stay in the park all day or come back to the resort for some pool time and a nap and then head back in? And then, or she, well, she's got a lot of questions here. Are there any days that you save as break days when you don't go into the parks at all? So, um, so that's the first part is really, she's asking about how we do our scheduling. Um, she, uh, she then goes on to say, um, we are all fascinated by all the different ways that people set up their Disney days, depending on their family size preferences and ages of those who attend. We would love to hear about how your family structure their days and possibly pick up some tricks and ideas for our next park trip. So, okay. So I guess, um, I'll start this one off because, um, one, we just came back from a trip like about a month ago and I'm already actually planning my next trip in November. So, um, this stuff is honestly, it's on my mind all the time. And so, um, I think the first thing to understand about myself or the way that I do my trips, um, I plan so that I can break those plans is the first thing. So, so um, flexible plans. Yeah. So, so I do, I, I think I'm kind of similar that, you know, I, I tend to, um, I tend to have an itinerary. I tend to do all of my fast passes, but um, if we're talking about the way that I do a week is um, we will, we will go and we will have, Usually the first three or four days. So, so like if we arrive on a, say a Saturday, um, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, we tend to focus very heavily on, on going to the park. So, so we will do things like, um, we'll do dessert parties those days. We try to do like Halloween or Christmas parties. We're actually looking at the Christmas party this year. We're going to try and do it early on in the week. And then we like to try and, um, have a break by about, like Tuesday, Wednesday, sometimes even into Thursday, again, depending on how long we're actually there for. Um, the idea though, is that, um, so, so those days usually end up being full days. Um, we don't like to, again, depending on where, on the park, like, like if we're staying near somewhere like magic kingdom, like we're at the poly and we're close, we will come back and we will spend a couple hours uh, in the afternoon 
at uh, at the hotel. But for the parks that are further away, um, because we're not bringing cars or anything, we don't like to, you know, stop what we're doing and come back. And then, you know, I, the, the commute time for us going back and forth doesn't seem valuable. It actually makes more sense to us to just have some downtime in the park. So um, part of that is how we do our... Uh, our dining reservations. So we kind of use our dining reservations as a bit of downtime. So we'll either do like, um, like a, a lunch or dinner dining reservation with the intent that, you know, you know, we, we sit down, we, we have like a good hour, hour and a half where we're not, you're not running from ride to ride. And then it's enough that it gets us into the evening. And then we also don't even necessarily go until, uh, um, until the park closes. Like we, we kind of, we kind of feel it out day by day, I guess. Like, like we see how we're feeling every day, but, um, we're not really at the point where, where we, we say, you know, we want to go back and have a nap in the afternoon. It's more, you know, you know, just that, you know, having a break where you're not walking 20 kilometers or I'm sorry. I don't know how many miles that is, uh, but I don't know how but, many. I don't. I don't know how many miles yeah. is that many kilometers. So I think we're yeah. We're in a good so so however far that is, we we don't. Um, yeah, we we kind of take our breaks in the park, and then as far as our down days go, um, we actually like to use the water parks as kind of a down day because for us, you know, we'll, we'll spend like three four hours at a water park. We don't go there from like open to close, but we'll go there like first thing in the morning. We'll, we'll do all of our stuff and then by the afternoon we'll come back and we'll spend, um, we'll spend the afternoon back at our hotel and then we might go to a park in the evening. But again, it really depends on, on how we're feeling. So yeah. So, so yeah, for us, it's always been like the first couple of days of our trip. We, we do a lot of stuff and then we kind of taper off towards the end where, um, where, yeah, we're not doing rope drop. We're not, um, we're not filling out our days as, as much as we can go. Like we will, um, actually a good example is on our last trip. We, uh, it was the Thursday. I wasn't feeling great on the Thursday and it was raining. So, um, we actually decided instead of going out, we actually ordered room service. So, um, we had had plans of, you know, we were going to go into the parks. We were going to go to magic kingdom and, and do all this stuff. And instead we said, you know what, we're just going to stay around the hotel. You know, we, we just, we stayed in the room. We, um, we brought our Nintendo switch with us. So we, we actually played video games for the morning because it was raining heavy enough that we didn't, even though we know the rain is not a big deal, we still just didn't want to go out in like that monsoon downpour. Torrential rain. Yeah. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. So, so we, by, and again, by then we were like, we were far enough into the trip that we didn't feel bad about, you know, like, like I, I think kind of what Lori's concern is, you know, that, that feeling of not getting your money's worth, I guess. But to us, we had already gotten our money's worth in the earlier part of the trip. So we didn't feel like, like going in the, by the Thursday, it was like, well, you know, if, if we don't make it to these fast passes, whatever, it's, it's not a big deal. Right. So, so that, that's kind of how, how we think of our trips now is that, you know, you know, we start off really excited and go, 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 but then we make sure that by the end of the week, we're not, we're not pushing ourselves as hard. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's an, uh, an interesting way to do it. I think, I think that's definitely, you know, it, it's interesting for me because my whole Disney trip world is going to change on this next trip. Right. And that's because it's the first time we're bringing my daughter and because my daughter will be, uh, just you know, a little over a year old, and before 
um, you know, when it, we, it was just my wife and I, we would go hard every day, right? Like we were up early in the morning. We would be at the park for rope drop. We'd get a couple rides done early in the morning. And then we'd, you know, we'd, we'd go all the way till night usually. Sometimes we'd go back to the resort, but most of the time it's it was at the park all day. You know, taking it easy sometimes, sometimes just wandering around, doing whatever it is we want to do. We like to park hop too, so sometimes we'd be like, yeah, let's, you know, hop over to Epcot and, you know, go do Epcot if we're at Magic Kingdom or something, you know? There there are things like that, and kind of similar to you, Trevor, we do, uh, we would kind of, in a way, use dining reservations as, as a guide. So it was, for us, we always, you know, would choose our park based on uh, extra magic hours a lot of times, or, you know, if we, we always start at Magic Kingdom, so... You know, even if Magic Kingdom is not extra magic hours on our first day, we would we would still do that. Um, but, you know, we like to to be up early and, 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 and go and uh, do those parks every day. And in fact, we've this this will be the first trip that we actually do like a pool day where we take a day off in the middle of the week and, and just hang out at the resort and do the pool and do whatever. We've never done that before. In fact, at almost all of our stays we've almost we we've maybe once done actually gone in the pool at the resort which sounds crazy i know because a lot of most people will spend time in the pool we just don't do it we just we're there we want to go to the we want to go to the parks and we want to spend time in the parks and enjoy the parks but obviously that's all going to change for me with my daughter because we're going to be stopping you know midday we're going to take a break midweek uh you know all that is going to really change um you know we usually like to do all dinners uh you know scheduled and then sometimes in the morning we'll we'll throw our breakfast in there maybe once or twice a trip um but for the most part it's uh you know it's dinners and and then uh you know one of those one of those breakfasts every once in a while so um i I'm not a big fan of the idea of I'm on vacation. I don't really want to be cooking in my room. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. And plus, and Damon says this all the time too. Like part of the Disney vacation is eating the food, right? The, the part of it is eating food there. So I don't really want to cook there. Um, but that being said, on my trip in October, we're staying in a two bedroom, which, you know, you'll have the full kitchen. So we'll probably cook some breakfasts in there and things like that. Cause there's a bunch of us and just to make things a little efficient. Plus, you know, my daughter gets up super early in the morning, so we'll be up anyway. Um, but, but that's kind of what we do. We're not, we're not big break in the middle of the day. We're go hard all day kind of people. So, and I know I, Damon, I don't know what your, what your structure is with all these and if it's changed over the years, but. No, I know your rope is always the same. It's it's always the same. Like I said, you save the best for last, and so yeah. <laughs> Again, the only one that actually has two teenagers as That's well. That's true. That's true. You know, we've always done it the same from when they were kids. To, you know, as they've gotten to be teenagers, you know, fifteen, thirteen, and my daughter will be nine. Um, we always start early. But that, I think that's a lot to do with me, per se, right? Like, I, I am an early person in general, so I like to get up early. Um, like Trevor, though, we kind of use the water park days as our down days. So what we'll do is we will get up early. And again, we care less about the shows, right? So it makes it easier to get up early and go rope drop when you're not worried about you know getting up that early and then staying late for the shows most like of the, the time. You mean the nighttime shows? Correct, well, the nighttime shows, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what will usually happen is, like I said, on a water park day... We'll get up, hit the water parks for half of the day, go back to the hotel, change, eat, then go out to the parks if we're going to do a little bit of a later night. And again, then on the days that we're rope dropping, we obviously wouldn't do the water park, and then we'll pack it in early. So the water park days are the ones that allow you know the kids to actually get, um, <clears throat> they uh, want us to get, 
I'm sorry. So I, I just I have to break this up for a second. I just got a text from my wife. My when we were in Atlanta, my son lost a blanket that he had from four years old. And to wrap this around to Disney, he ended up losing um, a pillowcase at Disney, and Disney never found it. <clears throat> anyway, the the Lowe's in Atlanta did find his blanket, so we have to uh, just get a ship back. All right. That all being said, we'll just uh, diverge because <laughs> again, since I just came in, right? So we're living our life with uh, and this, he's a teenager, by the way, but this blanket anyway. So we get up early. It's, you know, you got those things from childhood. So so. we get up early and do that. Now, when it comes to food, this is the way I look at Disney in terms of food. This is just me personally, though, again, with my, you know, opinionated self. But we do breakfast in the room. Okay. And and again, we drive. But even if you don't drive, I mean, there's there's ways to get food. And the way I look at it is this, is that I would love to spend a ton of money on dinner. I love to spend a ton of money on dinner. I want to have whatever I want at dinner. I don't care if it's four courses, this, that, and the other thing. And the way to kind of, you know, balance that out money-wise, again, because you don't have enough, I mean, we personally don't have enough money to do breakfast, lunch, and dinner like that, especially going, you know, once a year. We balance it out by doing uh, a cheap breakfast. So we'll do a cheap breakfast in the room. And again, we don't stay in studios anymore because there's five of us. So, you know, we always have, you know, semi-full kitchen. It makes it easy to do that. And then... You know, from there, we'll just leave. So we do our breakfast super early, then leave and go rope drop, hit the parks. Um, sometimes we'll, well, actually, most of the time we'll park hop. So we always try to come back to the room at least at lunchtime-ish before we switch parks, uh, if possible, if everyone's kind of beat. And if not, sometimes we'll just switch parks in the middle of the day. I think the way I feel about it is sometimes just switching parks rejuvenates you as well. So... That's kind of yeah. how we do it, um, but we don't stay, like I said, super late. So, yes, do the kids get a little upset because they can't sleep in? Yeah, I would say so, um, but that sucks for them, right? Like, you know, that's life. Like, <laughs> you know, they they, um, they tend to stay up late as it is, and they're, you know, yes, would they like to sleep in? But I, I just find that a, a poor use of our time because I can't sleep in, so... You know, for me, you know, there's been, but there's also been times that I've left the whole family at the park and been like, yeah, I'm out. Like I'm going to bed because I'm (laughs) tired. So when you have a family that has two separate schedules within their family, you know, you kind of have to, you know, blend it a little bit to make sure. And I think that that's the problem is that, you know, because I'm an early riser and no one else in the family is really, um, we try to accommodate all of us uh, by doing that. Yeah, that makes sense. I mm-hmm. I always we always try to have a sleep in day at least one week like one day a week where we just like we don't care what we're doing and even our pool day in this next trip I I said to my wife I'm like we bought we bought pass you know we bought annual passes this year and I was like listen you know we'll sleep in that day and then if we want to saunter our way into one of the parks then we'll we'll do yeah. that and you know whatever <laughs> so. pool pool days you know what ends up happening for us is, is that again I'm sorry I miss I didn't mean to interrupt but I forgot about the pool situation is that no, no we try cool. to do those at night. Right. So we're kind of like that opposite. So what will happen is, is that for us, we'll hit like a kind of a pool night rather than a pool day. Um, And that way, you know, we kind of get our relaxing in there. And then the kids like I can kind of like relax or, you know, maybe I just go to bed um, while everyone kind of goes to the to the pool. Yeah. That makes that's, sense. That's kind of the way we work it. I, I just I the other thing that we do, you so you wanted to hear tips and tricks. Water. We only drink, and again, it's funny. My kids are just like this. My kids are not soda people. They 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 joke with me about it, but they're they're really not at the end of the day anyway. Or you know, juice. They're a big water. We're a big water family, right? It saves us so much money whenever we travel 
that like I want to eat my calories, not drink them. I'm, you know, we don't really drink alcohol either, right? So we actually just do food, food. And, you know, for us having water, it's just the easy way to do it. And we end up bringing a Brita water filter with us. So one of the ones that you would put in your fridge, we purchase, you know, that. And then, you know, when we come home, we just clean it out and then we bring a filter with us. So figure it costs us, I don't know, I forget what filters are. I think they're like 10 bucks or something. And then that's what we drink. You know, we drink water throughout the, the, the day with that. And then when we go to restaurants, we just drink water as well. Yeah, actually, that that's a good point. I, I realized I I don't think about that as well, is that we're actually the same way. We don't um, – we get the, the Contigo bottles. And um, so kind of to your point about um, bringing food. So because we fly, we, we do a garden grocery order. And yeah, we do the same thing. We, we just stay um, – we eat breakfast in the room because, yeah, it's easy and you can get going quick, which is – you know, you, you really want that in the morning when you're trying to hit rope drop or whatever. But um, – like we also order um, – last time we ordered two flats of water because we just we just keep filling up the uh, our water bottles. Like like we got these 24-ounce water bottles and um, yeah, we, we just keep those full. And then um, yeah, whenever you go to a quick service or whatever, you ask for a cup of ice water and uh, we keep those full. So we never yep. – same thing. We, we I, I never really thought of how big of a – deal that is but i guess you're right at the end of the day that's a lot of money that you know if you're drinking alcohol alcohol especially but you know even just getting the drinks really is twenty (laughs) dollars it saves us literally twenty dollars every meal and that's a lot of money like again if you're doing two so you want to put fifty dollars in your pocket if you're going to do breakfast lunch and dinner i mean it's probably even more than that Mm -hmm. right for five of us so i I think that's one of the things that we do because again i'd like to try all the new foods and all the different foods but it does get expensive yeah and honestly for me i I have to drink the water anyway because we come from a a less warm climate so i'm not used to the heat anyway so (laughs) i I gotta be chugging the water (laughs) gotta keep hydrated yeah I think I've said this on the show before that I always have a rule when I'm at Disney and I'm, I'm totally different. I, I don't really care about the quality of my water. I'll just drink it from the water fountain. But my rule basically to not get dehydrated is every time I see a water fountain, I go and take a drink from it and for a little while, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so it's, I know it's a weird thing, but it's, it's been a good little, uh, kind of reminder for me. I see a water fountain, I go drink from it for a little while. So, I mean, but that's, you know, we don't really buy sodas in the parks too, maybe sometimes at dinner, but it's not, not something we usually do either. Um, but you know, during the day, it's usually like you guys are talking about water bottles, uh, you know, that we've, we usually buy a couple things of water and bring them with us. A lot of, I don't know if you guys like, we will freeze some too, and then let them melt throughout the day. That's always a good thing to do too. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I think we, I think we've given enough tips, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I have the next one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully Lori and Matt, you guys got what you want out of that. If, if there's follow up questions, you know. We'd love to hear them as well. So, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. All right, yeah. this is uh, this next one's from Caitlin. Hi guys, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of the show. I'm hoping you guys can give me some advice for an upcoming trip. I've been going to DVC Resort since 1995 and my aunt's membership. Last year, my husband and I decided to finally get our own membership as a wedding gift to ourselves. And she says that was the best decision ever. I would tend to agree. That's a pretty darn good responsible decision, too. <laughs> our first Agreed. trip on our own membership is this November. We're planning on bringing down both sets of parents and several siblings for a big family vacay. Well, that's awfully nice of you, too. I mean, I wonder if they're bringing them on their point or if they're actually just meeting them there. Okay. Well, it kind of sounds like they're bringing them on their points. 
Yeah, I don't have a lot of points. That would be yeah. that would be a good way yeah. to do it. Anyway, so since it's our first time having to plan a whole trip from the reservation side as well, I'm finding the whole process to be pretty overwhelming. Every time I think about trying to coordinate dinners, fast passes, getting everyone to sign up their own Disney accounts, and getting the darn MDE site to work, all well, we can't help you there and match up to my reservation. I am filled with total vacation planning dread. Do you have any advice or suggestions? Some of our guests are total Disney newbies, so I don't want to just leave them hanging. So what I've always found is that my wife doesn't actually like doing the stuff online. She calls in every single trip. And that is actually for her. She finds that to be a lot easier, a lot less stressful. They are super nice cast members um, when you call in for things. And I think that's kind of how we've gone about doing it. Now, again, you know, we work ours a little bit differently. I usually don't buy tickets until in that 60-day window anyway. I don't really worry so much about my fast passes to be honest with you so um again this is something that's interesting and and the reason i don't really worry so much about my fast passes because i rope drop stuff so even last time you know i don't think we bought our tickets but maybe a week or two out from the trip obviously there was no pandora right when my friends had bought their tickets you know way farther out than that and they had their 60 days and they got pandora we just rope dropped it i mean it wasn't a big deal for us because again we're always there early now again my kids may start to revolt at some point to that (laughs) but i mean i'm a big rope drop person so it's not a big deal but i think from the standpoint of trying to coordinate all that together you know i i always find it's calling in is super helpful that's my opinion so and i know trevor you've got some thoughts on this because you just kind of did this right yeah But I I just wanted to throw out there really quickly. So I've been planning. um, I have a big family trip coming in October. And I buy big family, you know, with seven of us, including my daughter. So it's it's myself and my wife, my my sister and and her boyfriend and and my my dad and my stepmother. And so we got a two bedroom at Animal Kingdom Lodge. And so... My dad and my stepmother know nothing about Disney. My sister and my uh, my best friend, uh, who's also my sister's boyfriend, um, <laughs> that so that's that's a whole separate uh, discussion. But <laughs> he was my best friend first, in case you were wondering. But um, anyway, uh, so they kind of know stuff, right? So they know some things. And so what I decided to do uh, is to do a Google uh, spreadsheet and share it with everybody. So that everybody kind of knew what was going on. And so I put each day, you know, on the uh, of the trip on there. And I, I you know, I'm going to put out what each, each park has extra magic hours. And what I want to do is put, you know, what each park that we plan on going to that day. Uh, you know, I breakfast, lunch and dinner on, on there. And most of the time we're I, I think we're only going to do one breakfast. But, you know, just as like a character breakfast for my daughter. Um, but uh, that's something I think that's really helped because I could share that. I also have a tab on there that's for a grocery list. So whatever and everybody wants for breakfast, uh, you know, or snacks or whatever, they can put it on that sheet. And that way we're, we're really organized and we're, uh, you know, we know what we're doing. And, and that's kind of what we're doing there. And, and for, for me as the person who knows what they're doing, you know, talking to them, they're just like, we trust you, just do whatever, you know, just, just plan it all together. Uh, and, and so I, I'm not dealing with multiple, uh, you know, my Disney experience accounts. I'm just dealing with one where I have all of them on there and I'm doing everything for everybody. Now, it sounds like in your situation and and maybe to Damon's point earlier, um, you know, it sounds like it could be that that you have people that are staying not with you, but maybe separately from you where you have to to match up those uh, those accounts. And and that's one of the places I know Trevor can speak to because Trevor just 
was doing this uh, with with uh, you know ma- planning other people's uh, plans through my Disney experience. But that's one of the ways we do it. I I, I would I think a, a Google uh, spreadsheet like that is uh, really helpful because you can share it with everybody, and then uh, you know everybody can kind of be part of the process if they want to be. But I don't know, Trevor. I, I know you probably have some thoughts on this too, since you did some similar stuff recently. Yeah, so so I, I do agree with the Google spreadsheet. So I, I didn't use it for my friends, but I've definitely been using one for myself and my family. And it's the kind of thing like like me and my wife go back and forth on it. And it, yeah, it's super easy as a way that everyone can see the plans, and it's not like you have to wait for people to to you know. Well, I gotta you know come over to your house to look at it or whatever. Um, so yeah, definitely a Google spreadsheet is is a great thing for for these kinds of trips. Um, as far as the planning multiple parties, so in my case, um, um, my friends decided that um, they decided that we were all going to meet up in Disney World, and this happened. Um, we were already within the 180 day window for dining, and we were we were already past 60 days out for fast passes as well. So we, so we were within side of the uh, inside of all those booking windows. So, um, so it was actually a little bit harder to, to get everyone booked because um, I had to wait for them to get park tickets and stuff like that to do fast passes. So I, so I guess that's the first thing is that if you're going to worry about fast passes for your, your party, everybody has to have their tickets on their, my Disney experience accounts. Cause um even if you, or, or again, if you're managing everybody through your account, you have to have those tickets sorted first before you can do anything fast pass related. So, um, so keep that in mind. If you've got a larger party and they're saying, well, you know, I'm not going to buy my tickets until I get to, you know, until the day we're there, you have to make it very clear to them. Well, I'm not going to be able to book any of your fast passes for you ahead of time. So you just have to accept that, you know, you may not be going on certain rides and, and you know, that's just the reality of it. Um, but as far as the, uh, as far as the planning went for, for my party, the more important thing was actually the dining reservation because, um, the way it worked out with my friends is that we did spend the majority uh, of, uh, it was just a single day that we all had together in magic kingdom. So rather than planning an entire week, we just had the one day, but, um, but even at that, throughout the day, we did end up splitting up at a couple of points. Like there was, there was um, uh, a couple of them wanted to go off and go on this ride and, and this and that. But we all had agreed on um, we were going to meet for lunch at the Skipper Canteen. So um, getting that in place is probably your biggest priority. And the nice thing about that is that you can book that and you don't need anybody else to have a My Disney Experience account. You can just book however many guests you need for that reservation. And then you can add them in later as you get My Disney Experience accounts. So so I would say for um, for uh, your planning on this, Caitlin, um, start with the dining reservations. So um, get everybody to agree on, you know, if, if you want to have a couple of big sit downs together with the entire group, plan those first because those are the easiest things to plan. And then when it comes to fast passes, you do unfortunately have to have that conversation. You have to say, you know, Hey guys, you know, I'm going to book as many people as I can on Space Mountain, but you know, these two over here, if you're not able to get on, you know, sorry, you know, you you guys can go ride the people over. And that actually happened with our party is that there was like six of us that went on Space Mountain and then three went over and rode the peeper mover while they waited for us. Like if Tom was with us. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, exactly. That's right. (laughs) I I mean, I think think Trevor makes a very good point here because, 
you know, we kind of do the same thing. So one of the things that we always try to coordinate is is food, right? So at the end of the day, look, there's a disappointment factor by not having fast passes for a ride. But the actual amount of time standing online, if someone has fast passes and you have to wait for them, is far less than a dining reservation, right? So I think that that is a, a very valid point. I'd rather wait for someone to ride Space Mountain than wait for someone to eat at, you know, my favorite restaurant in Disney. So I, I think that's, you know, again, something that we also do as well. We, we make all our dining reservations together because you can do them without, like you said, without um, having your tickets. Yeah, exactly. And also too, the, the the whole thing about fast passes, like we also realized because we were going, and again, I, I know it's different because like this is your family and everything, but for us, because we were, we're friends, but we never really had an opportunity to get together before. We were actually, we were okay with standing in line for a lot of rides. Like we, we stood in line for Haunted Mansion and Pirates and all that. And we didn't care that, you know, it was, you know, 30, 40 minutes because, while we were waiting in line, we were chatting, we were, you know, having conversations and stuff. So, so it would, what it didn't feel, you know, that you were just standing in line waiting for 40 minutes. So, um, and, and I think for larger parties, that's something you have to factor in as well is that, you know, don't, don't necessarily expect that you're going to get everybody on seven dwarfs mind train. Um, but, or, you know, avatar or whatever. Um, be prepared to, you know, you know, look at those rides that, um, like, like do a little bit of research on the rides, look at the rides that actually have space for more people. You know, I, I use jungle cruise as a great example is because, you know, you can get a party of 10 people on there and, you know, you're all in the same boat, you're all together going through the ride together. And to me, that's more valuable than, you know, trying to squeeze people into, you know, the latest and greatest ride, because it, even though you really want to do those rides and you want to do those rides together, they don't always lend themselves to a larger social dynamic. And then also further to that is, you know, um, be ready for your party to split up too. Like it, it, it's, it's a hard thing to get your head around that. Like you kind of think, you know, you're planning a vacation for everybody that, um, that you feel like you have to be like the tour guide and take everybody around. But, you know, if you give people a bit of freedom, you may find that it actually, works out better. We just say, you know, here's our dining reservation. Go do what you want. Like I'll, I'll see you then. <laughs> right. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It makes total sense. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, you're right. I, I kind of learned all that stuff on my last trip here because I was uh, at the beginning, I was kind of a little neurotic about it. You can ask my wife is that I was like, Oh my God, my, th- my friends are going to think I'm a horrible person because I didn't get us on seven <laughs> dwarfs mind train. But, <laughs> you're but too nice. really, yeah. Right. But, That's but funny. really, you know, it, it was fine. You know, we had a great day regardless and, and it was, you know, we had a bit of planning. We had, I think we ended up with two fast passes that day and then the rest of it was just us getting in line for rides and it was fine. So, Makes sense. Yeah, and I, so I would say, Caitlin, to you, Trevor. I don't know if you had more to say, but no, I'm. I I think I've I've said everything I need to. <laughs> Caitlin, I, if I were you, here's what I'd do. I'd say I'm the Disney expert here. All right, everyone that's coming here, I'm just going to plan everything for everybody, and we'll 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 deal with that. Because you're the you're the one that knows everything, right? So just take control of the situation. Be the one that plans everything. Um, I I was talking to my sister today, and I said. Uh, she said, I trust you to make all the dining reservations, but I reserve the right to complain about them. And I said, that's not how it works. You can't, you can't say you're going to complain about them later if I'm trying to give you input, <laughs> but, um, but anyway, so no, but take control of this, say, 
listen, you know, what I I know what I'm doing here. Uh, you know, if there's a specific place you want to eat, we'll factor it in. But but I'll I'll schedule all this stuff. It'll just make it easier. And if you are in a situation where there's multiple uh, my Disney Experience accounts, if you know if they're staying on different reservations, uh, you know, systemically you can connect to those other accounts. You can you uh, like invite them as friends or whatever, and that and and you can uh, do. They have to accept obviously. And there's a setting where you can uh, set up where you can make plans for them. So if they're going to have a different account with a different reservation and all that stuff, that's the thing you're going to want to do. You're going to want to connect those two accounts and then be able to make plans for those people. Uh, and that'll make it easier. It's it, If you want to do everything together as a group, the best way to do it is for, for one person to kind of take control of this and not have, you know, you know, eight different people all trying to make decisions separately. So I, I think that's that's my two cents on it. I think that's probably the best way to go about it. But, um, you know, I, I hope that helped you out. And I hope uh, hope there's a hope this trip goes well for you. But let us know if you have additional questions from uh, all the things we just said. So and right, let us know on. how yeah. the trip goes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For we, sure. <laughs> we, we have we have a special guest here. My daughter's here. Wait, oh, hello. Come here. Aww. Come here. She, she wants to tell everyone what her what's your what's your favorite favorite resort to stay at? Oh, My favorite resort to stay at is the boardwalk. And what's your favorite ride? Rock and roller coaster. Okay, nice. thank you. There Sound you go. Now. Nice rock and roller coaster. <laughs> wow. That I so wait, but so you, you just stayed at boardwalk. Ones. What your last trip, right? Uh, no, it's two trips ago. Two trips ago, yeah. Okay, two trips ago. So yeah, I'm with you. Boardwalk's awesome. <laughs> So, <laughs> all right. Wait, what do we have next now? We got, we got we Brian. Have a lot more of these. We, we, we got to speed it up more. here. Yeah, let's, all right. we, we, okay, well, well we that's not true more. necessarily. This is the last question. The rest are comments. So yeah. <laughs> the rest are comments. Um, do you, I'll, I'll read this one real quick unless somebody else wants to. Now, go ahead. I'll, I'll read the comments then. Go okay. okay. Uh, this is Brian on Facebook. Reach out to us. Uh, hey, guys. Newer listener to your podcast, and I've been making my way through the archives. Would love to get your take on a question I have as I contemplate whether to explore DVC membership. Um, Weighing on buying points at a current legacy resort, uh, a Copper Creek or an Alani direct versus resale points versus direct points in the new Riviera resort. So he's got a couple different options here. He's he's going over. Uh, we're a family of three from Seattle. And we'd like to come once or twice a year and a couple and a couple of stay at resort with a cruise. Did I miss that? <laughs> miss a word there? A couple of stay at a resort with a cruise. So we're typically staying four to five days at a time but could have a trip of up to a week. So I guess maybe he does, they do a cruise combination with with a... With a, with a couple a, days a stay. Yeah, I, I'm guessing, yeah, that's that's what he meant on there. So I see Disney's running a special rebate right now on points uh, at Copper Creek and Alani, which is also making my decision more difficult. I think we like staying at resorts like Bay Lake or Beach Club for proximity to MK or Epcot. Uh, we like one bedroom is at the resorts for the space it affords and the flexibility to bring others. I think buying a Beach Club resale would be the worst option given the length of the contract. I've heard many say that buying direct at the new resorts is better for length of contract, despite the price per, uh, price per point. Maybe the answer is a combo of direct and resale, but I don't know how hard it is to book at resorts outside of your home resort for instance we might like to stay at beach club for marathon race weekend sounds like maybe that won't be tough for one bedrooms anyways would just love your thoughts on various directions so i i just uh since i've I've just read this one I'll, i'll give my thoughts right away so I personally believe, my personal opinion is I like the the combination of the direct and the resale. Um, if you buy, you know, the seventy five points direct, then you get the the benefits, and then if you buy a resale after that, you're going to get the benefit of you know it being a lot cheaper, thousands and thousands of dollars cheaper to buy your next contracts. The only downside of that, of course, is that if you want to stay at Riviera, that you're only going to be able to use your direct points to do that. But 
personally, I wouldn't buy Riviera just because of all the restrictions that are going to be on resale for Riviera. Um, I think, you know, I think you need to be careful there. I, I think it's a, you know, it could be a concern for some people unless you never, ever, ever, ever plan on selling there. Um, you know, then maybe you're fine. But personally, I, I would not go with Riviera. I think if you buy those direct points, you'll be able to use them at Riviera. There's no need to to buy them there. Um, for me, I have stayed, and we've talked about this a couple times on the show. I have stayed at my home resort one time. I've stayed at, I believe, eight different resorts now. Um, and of course, all of those have been booked at, at seven months out. Uh, and all of those have been studios. So I've been able to get those studios and it's not that I'm going in non peak times. It's just, uh, you know, sometimes I wait list. Sometimes I'm always watching the, the availability tool to see if something comes up, you know, we've done split stays. Um, I, I would say, you know, a lot of people talk about there not being a lot of available of, of availability and, uh, you know, I think you need to be careful about that because, you know, there's are a lot of times where there's not a lot of availability, especially on busy times. You're talking about a marathon weekend. That could be tough. Um, but you also have to be careful what rooms you go after. You know, we talked about the example many times on here is some people go, I could never get a standard view of room at Boardwalk, a uh, studio at Boardwalk. Yeah, it's because there's like 20 of them. Okay, so like you have every a whole bunch of DVC members fighting over 20 rooms. Yeah, it's going to be tough to get that room, especially at seven months. So for one bedrooms, though, you're talking about one bedrooms, one bedroom, one bedrooms typically seem to be the last booked room. So the, the room that DVC members book the least. So that it's probably going to help you out quite a bit because uh, those do tend to be available, uh, you know, around seven months. So I think in that case, you'll probably be pretty good. Um, but, you know, so me personally, I would think you go, uh, you know, maybe some 75 points of Copper Creek and then go with a, a, a resale contract and, and definitely check out on DVC resale market they have on their blog. They do the best value contracts for resale. So ones that are going to be the best point wise, uh, cost wise for your points and then also um, your your um, uh, dues on those as well. And so, you know, the, the, they have kind of a chart that, you know, constantly changes every month or quarter of, of what the best value resorts are there so that's something you can check out too but i just talked a lot so i'd love to hear from the from you two guys about about what you think about this uh yeah okay i guess i'll i'll chime in next on this one so um as far as the the whole idea of buying uh direct versus resale um we actually we just talked about this on the last episode is um you know uh Buying direct definitely does have its benefits now, you know, with um, being able to to use those direct points at uh, Riviera. Um, there's also the perks that come with a direct membership. So, um, so yeah. So, so if you look on on the DVC website, they they have all the perks, and of course, those are all subject to change. And I guess that's the first thing. And, and I was even told this by um, the gentleman that I purchased my DVC points through. Who, uh, um, uh, at Disney, he said, you know, if you're looking solely at the perks, you shouldn't be buying this. Like the, the perks shouldn't be what's selling you on the, the stay. It should be, you know, where it is. And is it, you know, does the contract fit what you want to do? Um, I can't answer that for you because I don't like you, you gave us a lot of great information about, you know, what your thought was about what you want to, or where you want to stay in the size of your family. Um, but as far as you know, you know when you're planning to go, how you you do your vacation, you do have to kind of sit down and think about that, and think about you know, um, as far as Copper Creek goes, you know, is Copper Creek close enough to 
the parks like you were talking. You know, you, you want to be close to Magic Kingdom and to Epcot and stuff. Does Copper Creek fit that as your home resort? Or, you know, assuming that you're never going to book outside of the seven-month window, you, that may be a non-issue. So then at that point, it's, you know, well, do you even really need to buy at Copper Creek? Could you just buy a resale contract somewhere else? Because, you know, like uh, like Tom and Damon have done, you know, they, they book uh, – they book within the seven month window. So it's really a non-issue what your home resort is at that point. For myself, you know, we, we like to stay at the poly and we do book at 11 months out. I do actually make use of that 11 month window for my home resort. So, so to me, that did matter for, um, for where I bought my points. And, and it, again, in my case, you know, like Tom said, I, I do like the idea of, you know, buying the direct, getting, getting the perks of the direct. And for me, you know, buying our first contract, we wanted to buy it through Disney. That was just a personal preference that, you know, we, we, we were aware of resale, but we said, no, we want to do this one through Disney. Our second contract, which we just finished uh, purchasing here recently was resale contract. And we, we made sure that we combined it in such a way that, you know, it's the same user and it basically just extended our existing contracts so that, you know, we've got more points on, on our current contract. So um, again, that's what suited our situation. So um, I, I would love to say, you know, there's a very simple answer to all of your questions, Brian, but um, really it's, you have to kind of factor all these things in together, right? You know, you know how you're vacationing, when you're vacationing. And I think that will help guide you to where you think you should be buying your points. And, and also um, something else, I, I said this uh, a long time ago on one of our episodes is that when we bought our first, our contract, um, we, it took us about two months to figure out when we wanted to buy our contract. Like we started talking with um, Don Deal at uh, uh, DVC and we, he, we felt like we were almost like bugging him. Like, cause we, we called him like, it was like once a week we had like a list of questions and we kept asking him all these questions and he was great about it. He was like, no, you know, you know, take your time, you know, I'll answer everything you need. And he was, he was super, super great about it. And then finally, after two months of that, we were like, yeah, you know, this makes sense. This is what we want to do. And then we pulled the trigger at that point. So, so also Brian, yeah, don't feel like you need to necessarily rush into any of this. I know that, you know, the Copper Creek deal and Alani and everything are going on right now and Riviera is coming up, but, but, you know, there will always be a deal. There will always be something that they're offering, I guess. Yeah. So, so, you know, don't feel like you're missing out, even if you don't get whatever the current deal is. Because if, if you're doing it just because you want to get the deal, um, it may not necessarily work out for you in the long term. So that, I guess that's my thoughts on, on how to approach this. <laughs> my, my thoughts yeah. are a lot easier. I feel like buy direct first and then see where that lands you. Right? I mean, no one to say that you have to buy all your points at once either, right? I mean, that, that's kind of the nice part about it. That's so true. Buy, buy some points. See how you deal with. It. I mean, we we bought points and then went back and bought direct points again, right? Like, it was it was fairly easy. It's not like it hurt us to buy our points separately if you decide to go that route as well. So my my thought is is you want know, you buy some points, right? Buy your minimum direct and then decide what you want to do after that. I mean, you can always go back back and buy more direct points, or you can you know go and buy resale points at that you know at that point. But I think you'll have a better understanding of what you like to do. I mean, when you start talking about you know marathon race weekends 
I, I, my thought is that your only chance is it if you, you know, trying to stay at your home resort. So I just don't think that you're going to get those sort of special weekends at that seven month window. That's my personal opinion. I mean, yeah. it could be wrong, but I mean, when it's something that's special like that, so you have to factor that in to what you want to do. I mean, is that something you're going to do more than once? Um, if so, then that makes, you know, a little bit of a different you know, decision for you, I think, um, if you, you would like to stay somewhere specifically for special events. So th- that's kind of my thought on that. But, I mean, you know, Trevor and, and Tom have spoken on this at length already, and I think they have some good <laughs> ideas as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it's uh, they're all valid. Like Trevor said, it's it's kind of up to whatever you feel. And I know it's hard because it's a tough decision. It's a lot of money, and, you know, it's it's you don't want to get stuck in something that's not going to work out for you. But... I like go back and forth sometimes for myself for, you know, do I buy more direct points or do I buy resale points? I mean, you know, there are there are some great things with resale, right? Price is one of them. There is, you know, some you know things with direct that are, you know, good as well. So, yeah, again, I think that if you're conflicted between those two, again, I'm, I'm in, you know, and so were Tom and, and Trevor. We're all in the perfect spot. We, we had direct points. So it made that second, you know, point decision you know, a lot easier for us to kind of go down whichever path we wanted. And I think that's the nice part about already having your direct points in, you know, already set up. So Agreed. Yeah, actually. And sorry, I just realized one thing. I, I actually read this on Facebook um, not too long ago as well. Um, as far as buying the contracts go, I, I didn't even really think about this, but um, buying smaller contracts actually makes more sense to in the event that you do end up having to sell. So, um, so if, uh, Brian did decide, you know, he wanted to buy 200 points, if you buy a 200 point contract, um, all up front, that's harder to get rid of later than if you had bought two 100 point contracts. So, so something else to think of too, is that, you know, when you, when you go to sell your contract, you can't, and, and I guess I, I mean, I shouldn't say, you know, or assume that you're going to sell your contract. I mean, you know, for myself, I don't plan on selling it anytime soon, but in the event that I had to right now, I do have two separate contracts that I can sell, which um, that makes it easier when it does come down to that. So um, sometimes, you know, positioning yourself for that also might, um, it, it might work in your benefit as well is that, you know, it, it, it makes that, that part of it easier too, instead of, you know, someone having, you know, a three or 400 point contract that, you know, you're hoping that you'll find the right buyer for it. Right. Like it's, it's a whole different ball game. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to these next two. Cause these guys always try to keep me up too late on Sunday. Like <laughs> we All got right. listener right, comments now instead of questions. Listener comments yeah. from, from Jen and, and she says, good afternoon, gentlemen. Just listen to the latest podcast on my run. Thanks for the great episode. I just recently recommended you guys on my YouTube channel. So, again, we'll plug her YouTube channel, which is Jen LaForge, uh, L-E-F-F-O-R-G-E. If you search for her on YouTube, you will find her channel. Um, I actually watched a few episodes and give it the thumbs up. So hopefully a lot Damon of folks stamp of approval. Yours. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Pretty much everything on YouTube gets the Damon stamp of approval because <laughs> I love YouTube. Anyway, not really a question, more of a comment on discussion about paying 2K more to buy direct. And I thought I'd mention that the savings could actually be more like 10 to 12K depending on where people buy. I'm sure based on points as well. You weren't, and that's my little interjection in there. You weren't wrong about the unrealized value of the perks. Just thought 
IBN know-it-all and chime in that the actual realized savings could be thousands more, so that might change some people's mind. Appreciate all that you do and always look forward to new episodes. Take care, Jen. I, we, we just kind of spoke on this, so I'm just going to just run right through. I'm not even going to let these guys talk about it because it would be another 20 minutes <laughs> if they talk about it. Are you trying to say we're long-winded? Is that going to be a review verbose, that you're going to leave ver- on our podcast? <laughs> I'm just going to write verbose, one star. Um, all right. <laughs> oh, that's a, someone write that review, but give us five stars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And again, thank you, Jen, for that. Um, I, I agree. I mean, it could be 10 to 12K more, depending on points and all that good stuff. But we've kind of talked a lot about this, so I appreciate our comment. But um, we're not going to delve into any more of that uh, resale versus direct talk at the moment. Um, we need to have Jen on the show. Why isn't Jen on the show? Jen, right, right in. Why don't you come in and uh, get on the show? We're, we're, I mean, we can, we can make that happen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the next comment is uh, from Chris. My name is Chris, and I've been listening to your podcast since episode six. Again, we need Chris on the show then too, right? Yep. Chris and Jen. All these right? early listeners. Comment appreciation day. <laughs> there we go. Um, the DVC is something that my wife and I have been thinking about for a few years and found your podcast in my research. Your podcast helped with a lot of questions. It was an absolute joy to listen to my long commutes to work. I'm sorry you have long commutes to work, but I appreciate that. Right, We all appreciate that. If we can make someone's life and commute a little bit easier is always great. For sure. Uh, um, a few weeks ago, we made the plunge on the resale contract at DVC resale, resale Market. Yay. <laughs> um, where we used Derek as our agent who <clears throat> we had heard on your show. I think, I think that, honestly, that's awesome, by the way. It's great. You know, yeah. I, I really do have to say it's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, well, today we officially became owners of 140 points at Saratoga Springs, which is you know, my home resort. Awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Congrats, Congrats yeah. to Chris and family. I just wanted to thank you guys for all that you do. Congratulations on 50 episodes. So I thought that was awfully nice. So yeah, that I, was good. I think it's great when people and I, we've Derek emails me every once in a while and he's like, people, people call him every single day and they go, wait, are you the Derek from Welcome Home Podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Funny. And that cracks me up every time. And I, I just, I love the fact that, that, uh, anybody that's listened to the show that that's then gone on and bought a contract, we, you know, that's, that's, it means a lot to us because we, we were glad to be able to help you with through it, through it. So, well, and they, they even helped me. And I, I actually just got my email this week from Derek that, um, all of my closing stuff went through. So I should be getting my contract here shortly too. So sweet. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah. Right. DBC resale market. Go use them guys. It's fun. Yeah, <laughs> right, we got to talk Star Wars a little bit yes. now, right? Let's yeah, talk, talk about Star Wars. Talk how dumb we are, um, <laughs> because I we dumb. I I tell you the truth. I don't think a lot of people. No one saw this, this coming. Was happen. Yeah. We, no we were one. on the right side of being wrong, though. I want to say this. I think we were with. Like, I wasn't. The, yeah, I wasn't. I felt like I was. I was like, no way. Like, so I, I was. I was more well, wrong. Wronger. Well, well, no. I mean, I mean, in that you know, the fact that it opened earlier is to our benefit. So even though we were wrong, it still <laughs> yes, worked I would out. Agree with that. Right. That's true. So maybe we should explain what we're talking about, uh, <laughs> as if people haven't heard this news. Because if you're in any D- Disney group at all on Facebook. This has been posted 8,000 times. Um, but, and this, I, this is one of those times, by the way, guys, where it like drives me nuts that we do a bi-weekly podcast because it's like, okay, this news happened like over a week ago and now we're just getting to comment on it now. Um, but so those that didn't see it, uh, Disney announced at their uh, uh, shareholders meeting that the, uh, the opening dates for Star Wars Galaxy Edge, uh, which will be uh, Disneyland Park and, um, on May 31st 
and at Disney's Hollywood Studios uh, on August 29th. Um, we we literally were talking about this, I don't know how many episodes ago, but we were, we were joking that we're all going towards the end of the year, like October, November, December, and we were all basically like, there's no way it's going to be open by then. And now it's opening on August 29th. Um, wow. <laughs> but, but not the whole thing. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a good point. So it's opening in two phases. So everything's going to be open pretty much except for Rise of the Resistance. Um, Which is really the best thing there. But I, Well, yeah, that's... You know what I think happened here? I was thinking about this a lot. I think they were like, okay, here's our date, right? We're going to open, I don't know, d- December 20th. I'm just throwing it out there. And, and then they were like, well, everything's going to be done by August 29th except for Rise of the Resistance. So it's like, why not just open everything else? Like, it seems we If everything else is going to be done, why not open the park? And leave well, that I one think right it may us, again. You know? It's it's, it's again yeah. it's smart business, right? At the end yeah. of the day, yeah. and you know the, the one good thing I will say about this, I'm, I'm again, we still don't know when Rise of the Resistance is actually going to be open. It could be open before we're all there, for all we know. To uh, be honest be. with you, yeah. Um, and, and this way, because of everything that's happened, we kind of have to err on the side of saying, you know, hey, you know, maybe it will be. But this is actually going to be kind of nice. Like I look at it, will I be upset if Rise of the Resistance isn't open when I'm there? Yeah, but you know what's kind of cool is like. Now I don't have to, like, be on Star Wars high alert, right? Like, I can kind of be like, hmm, I got one ride to ride. I <laughs> yeah. really don't even care about that ride, to be honest with you, because mm, it's you, not really all Your that thoughts on that ride are well-documented on this podcast. Well-documented. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to see Hondo, though, but, I mean, that's... Yeah, I, I mean, I'm definitely interested in the food and all that. But I think the kind of the nice thing about this is that you'll be able to kind of um, enjoy the land a little bit, hopefully. I mean, I know it's going to be packed, right, but it will be packed like a Tatooine sort of, you know, trading area. So it's not so bad, right? I mean, you get the real sort of feel of what it would be like if you were trading droids. So that all being said, I think it's actually going to be nice if it's not open because it will give us a little bit of a, you know, don't have to go crazy. But, you know, then again, if Rise of the Resistance is open, even even better. I, I think this, like I said, I, I get it. And from a business standpoint, I, I think it's a, a good idea from Disney uh, to do it this way. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I, I have to say, when I saw this news, I had mixed feelings about it because, it, and and you kind of said this, Damon, I think in the last episode, that if Star Wars opened, if Star Wars is open by the time your trip comes around, that it complicates things. Like, it, it changes the whole, it, it, you know what, what your does? trip's going to be. It, 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 it changes a vacation to a job. That's exactly what it does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're not wrong. I mean, it's, yeah. the stress level goes up and... Yeah, I mean it's it, it especially because we're are there over Thanksgiving and we're not there for a long time and like you, Trevor, I'm gonna want to see the Christmas stuff, right? That's actually this is gonna be crazy that these words are even gonna come out of my mouth, but honestly, I believe that the Christmas setup has to take precedence over Star Wars for me. Mm-hmm. That sounds and, crazy, um, I know, but no, well, yeah. you're not crazy because I I've already told my son. I, I made it very clear to him after this announcement. I said, you know. It, there's a possibility that we may not even set foot into Galaxy's Edge this trip, and we have to be okay with that. I, I think so because <laughs> see, he, here's the interesting part: Galaxy's Edge is open. You know, from when it opens, it will then always be open. Yeah. But to see something like the Christmas items, you know, and the the decorations and the shows and all of that stuff, that's on a more limited basis, right? It's X amount of weeks, 
and that's it every year. So I think that the precedence has to be given to that from, from our from our end. And again, I do not have any, again, besides myself, I don't have any real Star Wars super fans in my family. So it's also a little bit easier, right? Because it's really just me going as a grown adult going, okay, you know what? That's okay. You know, that's that's all right if that's what happens. So, I mean, that's kind of how I'm looking at it as well. Yeah. I get that. And I, that's for me, it was mixed feelings because I'm like, oh, man, does this mean the crowds are going to like explode now? What for my trip in early October, uh, you know, is this going to make my trip that much worse? Now, I think we'll get past the initial crowds maybe a month in. I don't know. I could be wrong. <laughs> you're funny. Yeah, <laughs> I, you're, you're funny. Well, I, I, yeah. I, I listen, it's going to be crazy for a long time. And I'm not saying like I, I don't think it's going to make. I guess what I'm saying is I don't think it's going to make Magic Kingdom busier. It's not going to make Epcot busier. It will certainly make Hollywood Studios a lot busier. And I could still probably avoid it, though. I mean, I'm sure I could still go to Hollywood Studios and go do all the other stuff at Hollywood Studios and completely avoid it if I want to. Yeah, I don't know about that because I think it's going to be one of those things where, like, there's going to be more people, yeah, just there in general. But, I mean, we shall see. I mean, that's that's something that's up there. Yeah, I mean, mean, here's the hard part is that, you know, there's going to be the people that are going to line up for Galaxy's Edge and all that. But... If it hits capacity or if it like for the first little while, if it's so full that, you know, people that were going there expecting to get in, they go, well, we're not going to go there. Where else can we go? Oh, you know, they're spreading out into the rest of Hollywood studios, potentially into the other parks, you know, because there's Toy Story Land, too. Yeah. Again, that's that's the that's the newest land outside of of this. I I think the other thing that we really have to kind of get out there is that you know they're saying that there's going to be no fast passes offered for yeah. i guess the beginning for these rides which i again as a rope dropper i'm okay with that i just i wonder what that adds to my drop 30 <laughs> minutes I, I think it adds 30 minutes i feel like it takes off your drop though right no no yeah, why, why wouldn't it, it? because you don't have the fast pass people you only have standby people in front of you but but you'll have more people rope dropping though yes yeah that's 100%. true percent yeah oh i i fully believe people are going to camp out at like you know from the night before I mean, well, I think in the beginning, maybe, but like you said, maybe by the time we get there, that I, I think it's going to add thirty minutes to what I would consider my first rope drop time. You know, when I would normally have gotten there, maybe I have to get there half an hour earlier. I think it's interesting about rope drop. Then again, like I hate to talk about it, right? Because we hate to like you know get more people rope dropping. Does everyone sleep in? Right? It's fine. Sleep in, it's okay. <laughs> Everybody sleep till noon. Just it's fine. Sleep Just, till noon. Yeah. It's Noon's fine. the best time to go on the rides. <laughs> it is. It's um, true. I think that you know. There's not like when you talk about adding people in the beginning to rope drop too, not a lot of people like to get up that early. So I mean the amount of people that you add, even if you add a few thousand people, it, it almost is irrelevant um in terms of rope dropping. I mean, I, I'm not like a runner, right? Like I think that's just rude, right? We're like a you know, walk is, you know, a little bit of a brisk walker, but there's definitely no running. And I just think that you, you know, walk it's not in a big Disney's deal. Park. Mr. Disney wants you to walk. That's what I tell myself. <laughs> yep. I like so, that. <laughs> well, what also, let's point out, too, that at Disney World, the Galaxy Galaxy's Edge will be open for extra magic hours. So that's interesting, too. Because that could change your math, too, there, Damon, if, if they have an early morning extra magic hour. <sighs> so what's interesting about that is, right? Again, this is what I'll say about that. I, I almost don't even want to say it. But, you know, people have this theory of, well, you know, if there's extra magic hours, you don't want to go to that park if you're rope dropping. And I would say it's the exact opposite. I agree, so. especially for the morning ones, because because the, the morning ones are seven to eight a.m. or eight to nine a.m. So you're talking I'm not seven to eight a.m. I don't know why I said that, but it's eight to nine a.m. Usually. 
And so you're getting there at seven thirty, you know, or you know. And I think I think I would get there at seven. That's yeah, what, that's I what would, I would do for gas. Most people and most people are not getting there at seven. So <laughs> that's what yeah. I, that's why I said seven to eight because usually you're getting there that early. So yep. if it's an early morning one, I mean, you uh, that's definitely an advantage there. But I, I, I you know, I, I was listening to this whole thing about you know rope drop and you know when is it better to wait and think uh, you know. My thing is, is that my kids are way less, they might be a little tired, but they're way less off the wall at seven in the morning. Like they'll sit there on their phones for an hour at that point and not be annoyed, right? Like while we're sitting there waiting. And the other thing is too, is that like when you're rope dropping, like until everyone kind of like, you can kind of just chill. Like it's, you know, it's a little bit easier to chill than in line. That's my thing. And I think that these, the other thing is, and this is something that happened to me on Harry Potter um, during opening weekend that I was there, which was awesome, by the way. Um, what ended up happening was as the ride broke, I, I didn't go through the queue. And I was like, man, like, you know, so it was the first Harry Potter park and we didn't get to go through the queue. I almost feel like you're going to want 30 minutes in the queue regardless. Yeah. You, you mm. know what I'm saying? Like, That's true. I, I think, yeah. Because I think that. Honestly, 30 to, I know everyone would love this if this was age, but 30 minutes to an hour for the Pandora queue, not really all that upset about that. Because it's such an amazing queue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, and I, I think I've read I've never been that, in that queue, honestly. But. Oh, yeah, because you was fast passer, right? Yeah. But, <laughs> the, queue, but, the queue is actually worth it. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. But <laughs> I, I did read something about the, the Falcon ride that while you're going through the queue that you're always going to have a good view of like the Millennium Falcon outside. So, like, as you're going through that queue, you know, if you want to take pictures or whatever in front of it, I guess you're always going to have some sort of good view uh, from wherever you are in the queue line, too. And I'm I'm assuming the queue line for both of these rides is going to be ridiculous. So, yeah. I mean, you're not I wrong. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm. Do you, do you wonder why they're not doing fast passes? I, I, do you think it's a... Is it a logistical thing? You think this is like a strategic thing? Is it because they're going to sell fast passes like we were I talking about? I think it's because they're going to sell fast passes. I'm hoping. Yeah, I know Sign you're hoping, up. right? Yeah, because well, you'll be first in line. So. I, I would be awesome if they were selling fast passes and then there were no other fast passes offered. I, people are going to be mad at me for saying that, but. Uh, we, I, yeah. I'm yeah, awesome. I, I, I don't even think it's that complicated at this point. I, I think it's just they realized in the first couple of months is that, you know, the people who are going to wait are going to wait. And if they made the fast passes an option, it just creates a weird, um, it yeah, creates a discourse. System, I, yeah. I, yeah. Like, well, we, yeah. Because then, you know, the, the, then there's this whole, you know, well, we had to wait three hours because of those fast pass people, right? Like it, it, it takes all of that away and it just becomes a, you know, this place is busy, accept it. Like, okay, think about, <laughs> think about this though, Trevor. The other thing that is kind of put into my head as well is that if there's no fast passes, there's, if the ride breaks, we're, we're they set don't have up to a honor it differently, right? That's an interesting thing. Now, here's kind of what I find interesting about that. And this happened on Harry Potter. And again, what what, it, what happened to me was, as I was told secretly, ah, come back, you know, 20 minutes before the park opens, we'll get you in. Like, man, that those were the the Cavalier cowboy days of you know amusement parks. Wow, just come in 20 minutes early, and I was like, <laughs> there's no way. And none of my family would come with me. They're like, you're a liar. I walked dead into that park. 30 minutes early and they were like yo go on the ride and i was like parks open parks open <laughs> went on the ride eight times in a row was so sick for the rest of the day okay and my, my family's like why are you so sick i was like because i rode it eight times in a row they're like why i go because there was nothing else open because i and could because i could yeah. um so i think that there might be a little bit of that involved because see here's the thing let's say the ride breaks down and people are in line right what i can do is i can give them all fast passes 
right? And then I can fix the ride and they can come back. So I don't know if that could be part of it as well from a technical standpoint, because again, from the technical aspects of this ride, I have this like breakdown-ish feeling and that that definitely helps with that as well. Well, and and if you think about it, think about with Pandora, when Flight of Passage broke down, you know, people book fast passes and people got so fanatical about it Mm -hmm. that, you know, it broke down and they expected that they were going to get back on the ride the same day. And if they didn't, holy, like the... Like there was I, a lot of angry Facebook comments yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, I saw some rants about it that, you know, people were, were really upset because, you know, they because of the way it was tiered, they couldn't give them, you know, come say come back any day because there was just so many people already, you know, their fast pass system was maxed out already. So I, I think that's what's I, I think what they learned from Toy Story Land and from Pandora is gauging how they're gonna handle this. Is they they realize, you know, just take the fast passes out altogether makes more sense <laughs> do, do, wait I'm, I'm i'm just i'm stunned because again i i have to i have to go but I, i'm stunned by this next thing that you guys are even talking about and i'm just yeah. going to totally just take over the show here right, club cool is leaving club cool gone <laughs> gonna yeah, be gone it's gonna yeah. leave okay yeah, yeah so I, so sorry i don't even know what to say to that <laughs> go that ahead, like hurts, i could hurt yeah. more than ellen so so real quick so so just so everyone knows, we've changed gears here quickly, and Damon does have to go, and he wants to talk about this. We're talking now, so we'll come back to Star Wars on our ne- on our next episode. You know we will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Epcot has um, there has been demolition permits filed for Innovations West. I hope I got that right. Or no. Interventions. Uh, Interventions. It was Interventions. Was it West uh, or East? No, it's it's the West one. It's yeah. West. Yeah, they're taking it yeah. West. Okay. I'm just... Yep. Yeah, I'm so so that means stunned. that means the Starbucks Club Cool, where the character meets are, all of that is going away. The character meets are going over to the Imagination Pavilion, um, which I think that's cool. But yeah, we lose the Starbucks and well, Club and Cool. I, I think we lose Club Cool because the the Coke stuff in um, yeah Disney Springs. Yeah, Man, why? that is ho- that is horrible though. So anyway, yes, I'm going to leave. So I'm just going to I'm going to totally hijack again, <laughs> and the stunt spectacular. Um, I'm I'm actually excited that it's going to be new, but I'm disappointed that it's going to take so long. So mm. that's good. And, I, and I'm going to let you guys talk about uh, Club Cool. I, I may I, I really may have to start doing T-shirts. You know, save Club Cool. S- save save I'm like Beverly. Totally upset about save Beverly. Beverly. Yeah, like, yeah, I am, I am so upset I, about. I that. will support that hashtag, and I don't even do Twitter. Like, yeah, yeah. hashtag I'm, save I'm, Beverly. I'm, <laughs> I'm so upset about that. I'm gonna tell my family we're all gonna be upset because that was one of the things we like to do together as a family. I'm very upset. About we that. we will all do the pilgrimage to Club Cool. I even got my friends to do it on our last trip, and it was hilarious. I got an awesome picture of my friend trying the Beverly. Yeah, well, funny. and see, that's the thing we're gonna lose now. You're gonna miss pranking your friend that doesn't know any better with it uh you know that's that's you're gonna miss out on that now yeah i mean oh, i don't even i'm not even gonna miss out on that i'm gonna miss out on drinking like eight gallons of soda for free <laughs> <laughs> all right well but, fellas I, I have to bid you adieu um and we will catch up next episode all right all right thanks Danny. yep <laughs> sounds good um i mean i'm i'm not as sad about i mean I'm, I'm sad about club cool don't get me wrong i told my wife about this and she was like what like she was so upset and i, yeah. I get it because i'm not happy about it either but i also listen i understand and i think it's harder because we don't know what's going there we don't they haven't said hey this is what we're going to build in its place so you can be like oh yeah okay well that's going to be cooler then but it's it seems like um based on these permits you know and this is um it's 
called Project Gamma, and it's been around for a while. And it's it's actually something they've been you know talking about for quite a while. And it's basically the first steps of the retheming of Epcot. And so we saw some of this stuff at D twenty three where they were you know showing some some art and and things like that. And it seems like they're finally probably took them this long to either get the plans together or maybe to get the money together to do it. And I know, I know when I say the money together, uh, you know, everyone's like, Oh, it's Disney. They make billions of dollars, but like any other company, they have to, you know, uh, uh, put money towards certain things. They got to get projects approved. It's not, you know, just a given because they make billions of dollars. You know, there there is still bureaucracy that they have to, of course, move through. (laughs) Yeah. They don't just rubber stamp everything like, Oh yeah, go ahead and spend a billion dollars. So, um, so, you know, this is, but this is, I feel like in a, in a, in a way it's not a bad thing because it's, it, it needs a refresh, right? There was, Interventions was dead. <laughs> I mean, oh yes. It, it yeah. was barely, I, I wouldn't even call it on life support at this point. Like exactly, I, I walked in there and it was just a large empty warehouse with like two things in it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's yeah. sad. It's like sad to see. Um, I mean, I always just walk through that area as like an air conditioned break and there was a nice bathroom over there. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's literally, right. It's just a big long yeah. hallway that's air conditioned. So you just cut through there. Um, but I mean, this needs to happen. I, I, I don't know what they're going to, and they might not put anything there. Maybe they'll just open it up and make it, you know, newer. But, and I, I also don't think this is the end of club cool forever either. I, I think this could be, you know, they're going to tear down the Starbucks, which obviously is a big deal to them, and Club Cool will go away, sure, but maybe it'll come back. Maybe they're they're going to put it somewhere else. Maybe this is just a temporary thing. Um, I I know people are going to be upset about it, but um, you know, if if you're upset about it, let's start the hashtag Save Beverly, and and we'll you know we'll start you know tweeting that if you use Twitter or on Facebook or whatever, and maybe we can get Disney to save it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> social it, media it, campaign to save it, but yeah. And the funny thing is, so so first of all, let's all be a little realistic here. Yeah. Um. So the only reason we all went to Club Cool was to try the exotic sodas. And yeah. the Beverly, I mean, I know it's a soda, but it deserves its own moniker. <laughs> um, so, you know, you go there for the, the samples. I, I know people bought stuff there, but, you know, it's it, it's a Coke store, right? And, and the thing is, is that they have a Coke store in Disney Springs now. So where you can have Beverly, they have Beverly there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's part <laughs> of the, the, it's a paid tasting tray, but you know, everyone liked, you know, you go in and, and I liked it too. You know, it was kind of one of those things, you know, on a really hot day. You pop into Club Cool, you get a couple of of drink yeah. samples, and and you know you kind of continue broke up the on. day a little bit. It was kind yeah. of like a nice little like, hey, let's pop into Club Cool and grab a couple weird you know sodas. Let's get like have mango soda or something. You know? Yeah, and and I mean the and the the look of it was very. Um, it, it was starting to look dated as well. Like it, it's been around for a while, so the floors uh, are eternally sticky. No matter yeah. how much, like I, I would always walk on the, you know, they'd be mopping them, and you'd still walk over where they mopped, and your feet are still sticking to the floor because it's so sticky. Yeah, because they, they, they could never, yeah, they could never clean it fast enough. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I think really what we're wanting to save here out of that is just the sampling station. So you know, whatever it looks like in the future, I hope that Coke at least realizes that you know having that thing there, you know, I. I would love to go out and buy a flat of some of the the sodas that they offered. Like it, to oh, me, yeah. it's like you know, uh, I mean, I wouldn't buy it there. It is the only problem because you know I'm not going to try and ship a flat of pop back or soda. Sorry, 
we call it pop here, but um, <laughs> there are certain places it, in the United States that also call it pop too. So you're okay, in good, but you're, at, you're in good yeah. place there. I was going to say as, as a Canadian, yes, you know, we, we like our pop, but um, uh, yeah, realistically to me, like, I, I guess the problem is, is that, you know, you know, it's, it was a store, there was the sampling thing to it, but it is a store. And, and if nobody's buying anything in the store, you know, why have the store there? I guess is, is the the logic behind it, right? So yeah. So whatever form it comes back in, you know, I I hope I, I don't know how many people were buying stuff there. You know, maybe again, this is just me speaking for myself. Is that you know I was never interested in actually purchasing anything from that store. No. I was just more per- interested in the sampling, right? Yeah. No, I had no desire to buy anything in there. Yeah. Well, and. I, you know, but I, I also think this is just a casualty of this project, right? Like, because I'm sure the Starbucks there was super profitable, but they, but you know, that's it's all part of that building, right? So it's all part of that yeah. whole area building. So it's it's, I, I think these are all just a casualty of the bigger project, right? But I I, I hope they bring it back, and it sounds like apparently that Starbucks is going to move uh, over to the Odyssey too, is what the rumor is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because, you know, you can't not have the Starbucks there. You got to have the, I'm not a Starbucks fan, but I know lots of people are. Every time I walk by those Starbucks, they're full. So, um, yeah. And, and I guess that that's something else to think about too, is, you know, they, they've already figured out where the Starbucks is going, but nobody's heard anything about club cool. About that, club cool. That's, yeah. that's not to say that it, you know, it is gone, gone forever, but you know, the fact that we already know about the Starbucks tells you obviously, yeah, there is a lot more priority there than there is on, a small Coke store when they already have one elsewhere. So I'm going to, I'm going to like uh, make some shirts that say hashtag save Beverly on them. Yeah. I'm going to, we're going to start selling those. They're going to say hash, they're going to say hashtag save Beverly and then everybody can buy these and we can start a campaign. Yeah. Maybe, (laughs) maybe do like the, uh, you can use the, uh, if you use an X and a P for the emoticon for that, Oh yeah, because then that's like the the face, like the crossed eyes with the tongue sticking out. No, that's a good idea because is, because that's really what Beverly. <laughs> this is, this is do, a brilliant. Right? I wish we yeah. had our t shirts are launched already because I would just throw this in tonight. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. anyway, <laughs> I, I think we could get some traction with it. But yeah, uh, we probably could. But yeah. I, so just let's just point out too though that it seems that Mouse Gear and uh, Electric Umbrella will will are not being torn down, so th- those will be fine. Not yet, um, at least. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. And, and in this article, it says the mouse gear is slated for a major overhaul before the 50th anniversary. So, and and that's probably something that could be done too. But I'll be interested to see what comes of this, right? Like where it, it's funny because the whole moving the character spot thing to ImageWorks felt like innocent enough when it happened. But obviously, that was a premeditated plan for when this was going to happen, and I, I don't think that this was, this was unexpected. But I, I, you know, the whole tearing down of all of Interventions West is kind of is. I don't think I thought that that was happening. You well, know? yeah, I I knew that something was going to happen after they because because again, this is all um, funneling into the Spaceship Earth redo as well, right? So yeah, I believe because so, yeah. because that's going to take over part of Spaceship or. Spaceship Earth is going to take part of uh, Interventions West, so that's, for them that's to a good point, yeah, yeah, for them to leave part of the building there again doesn't really make sense. And when you look at the way the structure is of the building, right, it's um, for them to just cut it off at some point. It would have looked weird, it, like it, it <laughs> that's just true. That's yeah, true. So so it makes sense for them to take it all down. Also, um, you saw the concept art they have for for the overhaul of Epcot as a whole, right? Like it looks, yeah. 
it, it looks to me like like that whole area where interventions is. The feel I got from it is that they actually just want to get those buildings out of there altogether. So yeah, they want so, to open it up, right? That, yes. that's the feeling I got too. Is to open it up. Yeah. So, so I mean that that takes that whole future world in a different direction altogether. Like it, it's yeah, true. It, it's it means that you're not going to have the buildings there anymore. You, like I'm wondering if it'll be more gardens or more smaller venues that they'll use. Maybe that will be. Um, part of what they use for like flower and garden or food and wine and stuff. Maybe they're going to think of, cause right now I know they've got the booths around world showcase and everything, but maybe the idea is, is to turn it more into like a hub for, uh, for these food, uh, they're not food trucks, but like the, these food booths, right? Like, Oh yeah. 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 Like, like I, to me, it seems like they're, they're going to try and repurpose it more for something it, it it looked almost like a seasonal thing, right? Like, like they, they yeah, know yeah. that they need a seasonal venue and rather than trying to shove it in between things is, you know, take out the big buildings altogether and then, you know, work from there. Right. So I, that's true. And I, I'm telling you right now though, if they get rid of art of Disney, I will riot. <laughs> Cause my, that is every time we go, I go to art of Disney and I buy several things from there and I will be very disappointed if they get rid of that store. Um, well, but you can find a lot of those in the galleries in, in Disney Springs, too. So I don't want to have to look for them, Trevor. I just like to know that they're there, okay? Uh, okay, okay. No, okay. Was, you know, no. you know my, my wife said the same thing about Mouse Gears as well. You know, when yeah. she heard that Mouse Gears is potentially on the chopping block, she's like, they better not. I'm like, yeah. okay, you know. I know Art of Disney is yeah. like one of those things that not a lot of people go into, but like, I like I love old the old attraction posters and mm-hmm. I have Me too. a whole part of my house filled with those and I've not seen them anywhere else and and a lot of them you can't get online and so they have that touch screen in there where you can scroll through them and check them all out and you can order them and have them sent to your house if you haven't done that before that machine is awesome it's really cool I might and have they're fairly a affordable yeah. one here that I'm looking at right now. <laughs> yeah, you so you've done it too and it's uh, yeah, I love 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 those and I would be so disappointed cuz we always buy a new one every time we go, we get it framed and we put, we put it up and and so if if that went away, I'd be I'd be bummed, but you know, I I get it. It's all part of the greater good here and and reimagining Epcot and you know, a lot of these spaces are sitting empty and you know, need to need to be redone. So mm-hmm. I, I get it. So I, I'll be interested to see what they announce. But like you said, I, they may just be opening things up a little bit, or maybe for the Spaceship Earth redo. I, I don't know. I, I I'll be interested to see what happens, and I'm sure we'll find out more information at some point about this. So yeah, but until then, make sure you tell your friends to save Beverly. Hashtag save Beverly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna make the shirts. It's, they're coming. Hashtag save save Beverly shirts are coming, and and you know, tell your friends. <laughs> Yeah, now I really have to do it because I'm telling people I'm going to do it. I guess now I have to really make a store for it. All right. <laughs> if you want one, shoot us an email or shoot. Not, let, wait, wait. Don't blow up our email. No, no, no. Yeah. Blow wait, up our Facebook on. page. Um, yeah. and then because that's easier. But if blow up our Facebook page, if you really want them, and if I get enough requests, I will make this happen. Okay. <laughs> so that's my that's my <laughs> promise to our listeners. If you really want it. Tell me, and we will make it happen. Okay. I I really can't wait to see how this pans out. This, <laughs> I can't this wait. This is going to be funny. 
I'm excited. I'm yeah. excited. I want to make some t-shirts. <laughs> so anyway, um, so Damon alluded to this earlier. I don't know if do you yeah, have anything like, else to say about that. Or no, let, let's rumor? go back to Hollywood studios. I think, uh, we, oh, you want to go back to star Wars? Well, no, uh, Indiana Jones. Oh, oh you want to talk Indiana Jones? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So yeah. Let, let, so we're done at Epcot for today. We're going to go back to Hollywood studios. Okay. And so, yeah, the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular is slated to get some upgrades, which, rumor. um, Rumor. Yeah. So, so yeah, for, yeah, I guess, first of all, this is a rumor that we don't have any confirmation on this. Um, other than it, so WDWNT or WDW news today posted this. Um, yep. they, um, they, they tend to have some fairly reliable sources, not always, but, um, it sounds as though, um, that we should see some scene updates and, um, or was it a removal of the working studio theme that ties back to the park as it existed in 1989. So, that kind of makes sense that, makes you know, total sense. yeah. Cause that was part of how, how the show worked is that, you know, it was like, Oh, you know, here we're filming stuff in Hollywood studios and, you know, here's a show kind of showing how we film stuff and they just happen to use Indiana Jones, but it sounds like they're going to actually, if this does happen, they're going to retune it so that it's just really more of a, you know, a stunt show without all the, uh, I guess behind the scenes stuff you could call it. I'm assuming they'll still have like the the uh, well. I don't want to ruin the surprise for those who haven't seen it, but I'm, just, I'm assuming they'll still have the audience participation and all that. I would hope so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know because because um, that that was kind of part of it, kind as of part well, of right? the shoot. Yeah, because like, like you were like an extra. The, yeah, yeah, they're gonna have to retool this. It makes sense though because you know those that don't haven't realized this yet, they are moving away from the movie set. Uh, theming so you know before Hollywood Studios was like hey you're at a working studio and you're behind the scenes and how they make the movies but that's you know uh, not the theme anymore right they're moving on from that I mean they're covering you know a lot of this a lot of the uh, rides used to go on to like there was you know exposed like beams and stuff like that because yeah, the show like you know that it was all facade yeah exactly yeah that it was all facades before and now they're they're covering a lot of that stuff up and because they're changing the theme. So this makes sense to me. And truthfully, the show is, you know, it's, I mean, has it ever been updated? I don't know. No, it's, it's still, we like, don't get me wrong. My son loves the show. Like we took him to see it and it was, it was a sleeper hit for sure on our first trip because he didn't know what to expect. And, and he was even kind of looking at us going, you know, before the show started, he's like, can we go? And then when he watched it, he, he loved it. So, so that, that to me, you know, says the show still has merit and the show still has, you know, some attraction to it. But for me, you know, I've seen the show uh, enough times now, you know, <laughs> that some of the things like, like the Jeep parts, a little, little dated, like, like they can, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the technology and the stuff that they're using in the show, they can take some uh, newer technology and they can really make it like, they can do like, some cool stuff. Yeah, as a as a live show, they can really make it that next level thing, right? And and I think it's worth it. I, I think, you know, even though Indiana Jones has it's had a couple of missteps in the past, like the the sorry, I won't go into the fridge thing, but um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I said it, I know. But yeah. um Um I mean it, I feel that it's still relevant. I feel that, you know, it. It, it's one of those IPs like Star Wars, you know, sorry, but, but kind of timeless. Yeah. You know, um, Harrison Ford, like 
he, I don't know how he did it, but he managed to, you know, be in two of the biggest franchises, <laughs> franchises like ever. ever. And, um, but yeah, I, I, I feel that Indiana Jones is still something that, you know, you know, people are still going to want to go see it there. They want it to be there. Like for, if they were to take it out, you would have more people mad at them for taking yeah. it out versus them upgrading it. Right. Well, and plus <laughs> they are making another one and mm-hmm. it's going to come out, you know, in the next couple of years here. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's a way to extend the life of this, right? Uh, you know, you would think that there would be a bump for that show uh, once once it opens reopens up and then there's a new movie and then, you know, a whole new generation is learning about Indiana Jones. I, I think uh, I think that's a smart thing. I, I have to say, you know, I was just talking to my wife about this the other day and a different show, but I loved the Lights Motor Action show that got, you know, was one of the casualties of uh, Star, Star Wars. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know. Do, I don't, did you ever see that show? Uh, I did once. Yeah, yeah. It was. I I loved that show. Um, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I was going to say. I mean, it was it was cool, but it wasn't really my thing. Like, I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not everybody's thing. I yeah. I think even and I'm not even really into cars, but I just when you watch like the how difficult the stuff that they were doing was, you know, and like when they're spinning some of these cars and almost hitting other cars, but somehow not hitting them. Like, you know, it, it, a lot of that stuff was really cool to watch, but that was the same kind of thing where it was like a set, you know, and they'd film it and then they'd show the replay back later. And so that, that probably would have been a casualty of this park change anyway, even if they hadn't have destroyed it for uh, galaxy's edge. But, but anyway, I, no, I, I think this is a good thing. Like you were saying, I think there's a lot of opportunity to uh, to take this in a new direction, to refresh it, to make it you know a lot more uh, uh, you know newer and 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 something better for for a new generation too. So I hope these rumors are true. Well, we'll, we'll true, we'll have to see. Yeah, and, and so for anyone that's wondering, the the rumor is that this won't happen until 2021. So we're still um, a couple years away here. Yeah, we're still a couple years away. So. Um, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. You know, really, we got bigger fish to fry right now with Galaxy's Edge. So, I'll tell you what. I'm just hoping that Mickey and Minnie's uh, Runaway rail- Railway is open when I go in October. Yes. That's what I'm hoping more than anything. <laughs> so. You know, you're right. That that has completely fallen off of the radar. And I realized that after the whole announcement of Galaxy's Edge. I said that to my wife. I was like, you know, everyone's all hyped about, about this. But, you know, what about Mickey's Runaway Railway? And then she turned to me and she said isn't that opening up in magic kingdom? And I looked at her and I'm like, <laughs> it's at the Chinese theater. And yeah. like, and she's like, Oh, <laughs> like, Everyone was forgot. like, Oh yeah, I forgot about it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. All right. Well then, you know, maybe, maybe that's good. Cause then, you know, maybe everyone will be standing in line for galaxy's edge and we can just kind of sneak off to the side and go ride, uh, Mickey's runaway railway. <laughs> I, I, I have to believe that they're going to open that before or the same time as galaxy's edge to at least peel some people off of star wars like you know i just it's like the skyway like the the skyliner has got to be open before galaxy's edge opens right i mean all that stuff they've been building up all this stuff to the opening of star wars so all this other stuff has got to open beforehand i would think well but i could be wrong i mean i don't know well, the Skyliner is different because it is an out, like it's a transportation between the parks. And I can see yeah, them yeah. wanting that just to get people there. Mickey's Runaway Railway. My only thought on that is that it's it's in a, actually kind of a bad place because sure. it's right in between Toy Story Land and Galaxy's Edge. That's so, well, I guess not in between. It's, it's I sorry, I, yeah. I got it wrong. It's not in between. It's, it's, it's right before the entrance to Toy Story Land, but yeah. Galaxy's Edge is a little further down. Than that if you're coming from the like the main hub area in yeah, hollywood yeah, yeah. studios but 
if I, I don't know. I mean, it, you're right. You know, it, it's like, you know, that would take some of the draw away, but I feel that all that would do is just make it busier, busier. overall. <laughs> it, like it, yeah. it wouldn't be like, Oh great. You know, this is alleviating. It'd just be, no, now we got a whole other crowd of people trying to get in for this ride as well as all the other people in line for star Wars and toy story. I'll put it to you this way. If, if I'm rope dropping Hollywood studios and that ride is open, I'm not going to toy story land. Even though I haven't been there yet, I'm going to go straight to that ride. And I'm assuming everybody else is going to go to galaxy's edge or going to go to toy story land. That's what my guess is going to be. And I mean, I'll rope drop toy story land at some point because I haven't done any of that stuff there. But, um, but but yeah, I I don't know. I'm just I, I would I would rope drop that one and I would assume less people would make that choice. But I don't know. I don't know. I yeah, I, I don't know. I mean I, I guess here's the only I shouldn't even say this because a lot of people are going to agree with me and it's gonna make it worse. <laughs> but this is Mickey's first ride. Yeah. Like you would think that they would be Fanfare. Yeah, like they would be really hyping that up. And I guess, you know, they probably are because they've been talking about, you know, Mickey's 90th and there's stuff happening through the whole year. I bet you this is this is on the list. I can guarantee you they're like in a month or two, they're going to be like, oh, you know, here's the opening date for Mickey's Runaway Railway. You know, it's going to yeah. open, you know, August 30th. And then <laughs> well, and, and you know what? You're probably right, though. Like if they yeah. do want to announce that, they don't want to announce they want to spread those things out. Right. They don't yeah. want to like. They don't want to take away from Star Wars, and they don't want it to get uh, that ride to get overshadowed by Star Wars either. So they're going to wait a month or two to announce that, and hopefully, you know, hopefully there's not an issue where like they're behind schedule or something because we haven't even heard any schedule updates. Like they're giving Skyliner updates like every two weeks, I feel like, but we haven't heard a single update about Minnie and Mickey's Runaway Rail- Railway, and it's like, come on, like I want to know when that's going to open because I'm well, excited for that. So, so, so here's the wonderful thing about that ride, and. and- I think the reason why we haven't heard anything is that it's already in a, in an enclosed building. So unlike uh, Star sure. Wars and Toy Story Land and everything where, you know, people were always kind of peeking over the wall going, Oh, you know, here it's, yep. here it's going, you know, oh, the look, building that mountain's this, done. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, people have been watching it progress, whereas this has been a very close set. Like nobody knows what's going on. And, I, I think, you know, kind of like how Rise of the Resistance ended up being a sleeper hit in Galaxy's Edge that, you know, no, like when, when it was first announced, all everyone heard was, you know, Millennium Falcon and, and that was the focus for the longest yep. time. Yep. I think it's going to be the same thing with Mickey's is that it's going to, they're going to announce it and all of a sudden everyone's focus is going to shift to, to this and it's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, they obviously believe they have a winner with that ride because they're they're already planning to build it at other parks. We talked about a rumor a while ago at Disneyland, but I think one of the overseas yep. parks, it was already announced that they're going to build that ride. So I don't think they would duplicate it without knowing that for sure that it's going to be a great ride. So Well, we do know that, uh, again, this matters to me. It probably doesn't matter to a lot of people, but I know they consulted with um, one of the Sherman brothers for the music for it. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and that, yeah, that to me is like, I, I don't think a lot of people realize exactly how prevalent the Sherman Brothers music is through Disney, like with Mary Poppins and Small World. and Like, like literally all the songs at Disney. <laughs> yeah, like, 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 like many of the songs over the years with Disney. So, so the fact that they, you know, um, 
brought uh, one of the Sherman brothers in because uh, I'm sorry, I can't I remember. I think the other one passed away. Yeah, I, I can't remember yeah. if it was the older or the younger brother, but um, but yeah, the the fact that they, they consulted um, with him is kind of a big like that tells you the level that it's on. Like <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. Well, you know what? Yeah. Why don't we uh, we gone on a crazy tangent and we've gone we on did. for quite a while today? But let's go let's go ahead and wrap this up. Yeah, let, let's. Uh, yeah, let's let's continue this on our next discussion. Uh, uh, hopefully, <laughs> we get between now, back too. <laughs> yeah, ho- hopefully now between now and next week, you know, maybe I'll be wrong and they'll actually, you know, they'll drop a, a Mickey's Runaway maybe. Railway in the next two weeks. Here, I would be thrilled if they did. But me too, uh, me too. Yeah. Okay. So um, to wrap things up, um, you guys obviously know where our email address is because <laughs> we, we, <laughs> you've been you've been working us out on that one. So yeah, we appreciate that, appreciate and that's it. great. So so yeah, you know, anyone else, you know, if you're just coming into this. Welcome home podcast at gmail.com. So fire us an email. You know, we love to hear your comments. We love the questions. Obviously, you know, today we talked about uh, uh, um, questions and comments that you guys brought in. We love that. We, we're so glad that you guys want to engage us on that level. It's fantastic. Tre- so. and Trevor, let me mention something really quick to you too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and far more people than, than we, we discuss on the show, email us. So, um, you know, we appreciate all those emails. If we don't mention you on the show, it doesn't mean your email was bad or something. Uh, we just get so many emails, it's hard to mention all these. And we try to really uh, talk about, you know, topics that we think are, are relevant to the time or, or, you know, relevant to something we've been talking about. So just, you know, we appreciate every single people person that emails us. And, it, uh, you know, we can't mention them all on the show, unfortunately. But um, if you've messaged us before, if you've emailed us before, we appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we, we try our best to get as many on these on the show as possible. Possible, we can't get them all so so thank you please keep doing it and uh you know know that we we appreciate it yeah and, and you know if we did try you know it, this would probably end up being like a four-hour long podcast so yeah i mean as I, it is today we talked for over an hour for on listener stuff alone so yeah so yeah i don't think you guys want to hear us go for four hours right. <laughs> i mean some people yeah. maybe i don't know super yeah. fans i don't know <laughs> well or you know i i did have a thought about this and so i'll just mention this I'm not guaranteeing anything, but I know that um, like you can do um, live or Facebook live and stuff like that. Maybe we look at setting something like that up in the future. I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I, I definitely would like to do it. I don't know if everybody wants to see my face talking. I mean, I don't, I think I have a face for radio, but, um, <laughs> well, <laughs> but no, we, we, we can, can just, we, we might do something at some point. Well, maybe I'll get uh, Damon to send me some pictures of those dark crystal puppets and we can just, you know, <laughs> put those up in front of the camera. There you go. Or at least I, I would I like for me. I like uh, the idea of that. So. Yeah. And someday when we get back to normal schedule, maybe we'll do some more waitlist episodes too. We did a couple of those and uh, we kind of fell off on those. So I, I think we would love to get back to those if we can someday. Yeah. It's um, yeah. When real life stops being real life, yeah, <laughs> I, I would love to do more of them. Absolutely. But yeah, yeah you know, sure. anyway, <laughs> we've just all had too much going on. Um, for sure. So, so outside of that, um, we also have our website, which is welcome home Um, Someday you will see an update to that site. Uh, it's still pretty old at this point. I mean, it's two years old and I mean, we, we had good intentions with it, but uh, we, we do want to use it, but we just don't Has- know how yet. <laughs> Hashtag save welcome home podcast.com. But <laughs> shirts, they, oh, shirts coming they, soon. <laughs> there you go. You, you can you can put the save Beverly like just put hashtag save Beverly and nothing else on there. <laughs> there you go. That's yeah. Just make it just say that and nothing else. Yeah. And then right. we can maybe we can have a petition or something on there. I don't know. I love but, it. Yeah. yeah. Change.org. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um uh as usual, you know, um you guys 
you keep sending us the questions, keep sending us the comments. Um, also if you're on Facebook, you know, we, we, we're on Facebook quite a lot, so you can find us on there as welcome home podcast. Um, we are on Twitter and Instagram as well as welcome home pod and welcome home picks. If you want to follow those, but really those, um, like if we're on vacations and we're posting picks and stuff, you'll see those things pop up on those platforms, but really we are on Facebook the most. So, um, you know, like follow us, share us on Facebook that we love seeing that. And we love, um, it just makes me happy that you guys, um, ping us when you do like, like I'll, you know, I'll, I'll look at my phone and I'll, you know, uh, I'm having a day at work and I look and I'm like, Oh good. You know, somebody from welcome home podcast, you know, asked us a question. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I love that. Or just stuff, said so. hi. Yeah. Or just said, Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. So we, we like all that. Um, also, you know, iTunes, obviously <laughs> we want to have a higher star rating on iTunes, but, uh, I, I feel that a lot of people don't use the reviews on iTunes. I don't know. I, honestly, I, I don't even have an iTunes account, so I, I can't speak to that. I'm an Android user. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But, but leave us a review, if you will, please. A, a good one would be nice. Um, if you want to be mean to us, that's cool, too. It's, it's, you do what you want. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least knowing why would be good. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you hate that Trevor sounds like he's in a tunnel or that I laugh at things, you know, sure. Uh, I mean, or that Damon's, you know, arrogant or whatever. Uh, g- please leave that on there. That's that's fine. But, uh, you know, we, we appreciate any kind of feedback and also re- reviews and ratings and such. So. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, of course, don't forget to subscribe to Welcome Home Podcast so you can be reminded uh, every time we release a new episode. You can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find us. Uh, you know, there's lots of podcast out, uh, apps out there, especially if you're an Android user. There's a, there's a lot of options there. So uh, download those and uh, and find us by searching for Welcome Home Podcast. Uh, and of course, just a reminder to our listeners, Welcome Home Podcast is for entertainment only. We are not employed by the Walt Disney Company. And as such, any and all, any and all opinions we express on this show are our own. So uh, please contact a DVC representative, uh, a cast member, if you have questions about any of the things we talked about today. Um, we don't, you know, always have all the answers here. So it's always good to confirm with Disney before, uh, you know, making any decisions on things. So join us next time for more Disney Parks discussion. Of course, more DVC talk. Uh, we hope to see you all real soon. This is Skipper Albert Awal, the voice of the jungle, signing off from Welcome Home Podcast on the DVC. We'll do a huddle when we hit a chair. How she can cuddle is no man's affair. I looked around from pole to pole, found her in a sugar bowl. Mm-hmm.